Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. Last episode, Ryan, you and a few of our listeners in the comments mentioned how after the long layoff, a bunch of you missed Red Wings hockey, despite how bad this season was. Like you found yourself missing it, longing for it, waiting for it to get back. Now that we've had two games, uh, don't you regret that? (laughs) I plead the fifth and the sixth goal and the seventh goal against and the eighth. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think I just missed hockey in general. Look, watching hockey right now as a Red Wings fan, and I'm going to say this candidly, just blows. Like, it sucks. But some nights are okay, but in general, it just sucks. I just know it's worse when there's no hockey, and it's like August 5th, and you've had nothing for so long, and you're just desperate for any kind of hockey to come back. And I know how short-lived it is. And, like, all life comes from, like, the 1 in 12 games where, like, Zadina scores a multi-goal game or Mantha goes off or, you know, Giovanni Smith lights someone up in a fight. But, like, I just need it. Although the the point where I realized last night where I probably just missed hockey more than I missed 2019-2020 Red Wings hockey was um, the Red Wings game finished mercifully. And... um, just flipping around to different games and I watched the Leafs sends overtime. <laughs> I watched the Leafs set up on their four on three power play in overtime for like 10 seconds. I went, oh my God, they're so good. <laughs> this hockey is so much substantially better. I missed that. I really, really missed that. It also really drives home how in the weeds we get on this stuff because it's like we talk about you know X player and Y player like oh if they can eke out like fifteen or sixteen goals a year or if they can just play up to be like a third line winger and do okay there then like this might be a roster and then you look at Toronto where they have like six number one centers they have two Mitch Marners somehow I don't know how they're only paying one of them one million dollars they cloned him like that was part of his deal and they just like pass the puck without even touching it with their sticks they're just using like telepathy and you're like oh this is a whole different sport at this point yeah we've uh, we've been guilty of it too at this point uh we we've mentioned how uh serviceable and i'll, I'll go so far as to say almost good valtteri philpola has been this mm-hmm. year and then you look at the stats and he has 17 points in 51 games i'm uh, honestly surprised he has 17 and 51 yeah if that guy tracks to, to score 30 points i will be shocked i will say that has been a fine season for the guy this is yeah this is where we're at because that's objectively terrible for a second line center um but i think i figured out why you missed it so i googled the definition for this as to why like anybody would have been missing red wings hockey over that break so uh this is the best i've come up with stockholm syndrome is a condition in which hostages develop a psychological alliance with their captors during captivity oh okay does that have to do with uh, the Swedish mafia? It might. It, yeah, yeah. There's a all, strong chance of that. It all ties back in, eh? Yeah. Look, I miss the Swedish mafia. Oh, I Bring miss. Them back. None of them are left. These questions of like the Swedish mafia versus the Russian five are just bringing back so many like big memories of how good this team was. There was never going to be an easy rebuild for the Red Wings franchise, right? Like they are. They are probably only beat by the new england patriots at this point as in having the reputation professional sports of perennial success the patriots 
um, sacrifice, you know, blood for black magic, and that's how they get all their wins. But still, like the Red Wings, for the better part of 30 years, were just known to be winners. So this fall from grace is just so, so tough. But then you think about it, and we went from having Nicholas Lidstrom, not only the best defenseman in the league, but legitimately like a top three defenseman of all time. Top two, don't sugarcoat it. I I would I will fight someone for top two, but you know I'm giving whatever person is on their soapbox today the opportunity to say top three. Uh, Pavel Datsuk, who at his best was the best player on the planet, and at his worst was still putting up like sixty points with one good ankle. Um, Henrik Zetterberg, who is was the definition of the Conn Smythe Trophy. He just turned into a monster in the playoffs and outshined every single player in the league, including Crosby, including Datsuk, including Malkin. And then they had supporting cast like Rafalski and Cronwall and Johan Franzen. And then they still had Steven I or Stephen <laughs> Stephen Eiserman. Steve Eiserman at the beginning of the decade. Like there was no period where the Red Wings didn't have a world-class roster until it all went away. But the good news is, for five years, we pretended we still did. Or at least management did. There we go. And here we are. Speaking of falls from grace, are we not going to talk about Evan's hair today? Yeah. Yeah, I've not showered this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. I'm Ryan Hanna. I'm Brad Crisco. And I'm Evan. I actually, this, yeah, I always have a hat on when when we record. Yeah. Because it's in the morning and I'm way too lazy. Uh, I'm actually so appreciative when you're here, uh, A, because it's good for the show and b because that side shows off my bad side like i push my hair to the side and so there's a big like where my uh, hairline is receding because age um it's always showing to the camera and then i'm editing the videos after i'm like god damn it that's what i look like (laughs) jesus and so when you're here i can sit here and then look a little bit more straight onto the camera so thank you for taking that hit yeah intangibles i I fit on the red wings roster no problem oh yeah yeah, I take the hit here because I brush my hair to the right side, so it just looks like I have a shitty comb over from this side. Oh, yeah, it kind of does. Yeah, but so I, you two have way better hairlines than me, eh? Yeah, it's one of the few genetic traits that's holding up well for me. Because how old are you, like 52, 53 now? Yeah, about that. I stopped <laughs> counting about 30 <laughs> years ago. And yours is better than mine, and I think you have. You're actually six years older than me, I'm pretty sure. Five or six. Anyways. Where were you born? Uh, 93? Well, Maybe. Won't disclose. Yeah, that'd make me six years older than you. Uh, on this episode of the Wind Wheel Podcast, we'll talk about the home and home against the Rangers, I guess. Two different games, same result. Um, we'll talk about the draft a little bit more. Evan's here, and uh, we seem to have sparked some conversation. And uh, we'll chat a little bit about our draft coverage as well, I guess. I think people are questioning are questioning why we haven't do- uh, dived into it quite a bit yet, but... Because if we start too early, we will drive ourselves crazy. <laughs> uh, we'll have some rumblings from across the league. The Battle of Alberta has ca- picked up again, which is great. And then we'll get into overtime. All right. The Red Wings, um, their return from their all-star break and then bye week or whatever you want to call it. Uh, two games, one in New York and one in Detroit, both against the Rangers. Uh, drastically different games in my mind. but Were they? Yeah, I mean, the, Where are they? the Red Wings got walked the first game. They, they got, lost by two and they lost by one. Yeah, those score lines were deceptive. Uh, yeah, that's fair. The The first game should have been a 4 nothing game by all rights. Like the, the who scored the... Fabry and Philpola scored. Yeah, and that, well, they were fine goals and that was good. But other than those little flashes and like the last minute where Blashill pulls the goalie, 
the team looked bad in every single way. Like, I don't understand. It's tough coming back to work after being on vacation. Oh, wouldn't know what that's like, Evan. I'm still not used to it. (laughs) Well, you only have, what, like three days until your next vacation? God, I wish. When is your next vacation? Uh, I actually have nothing booked. Oh, actually, I'm taking a Friday off next week. Oh, that's all right. But no big vacations. Maybe Banff in the early spring to do some last-minute riding. But my next vacation. My credit card says, maybe not. Yes. My next vacation day is Grand Rapids. That's not too far away. That's March. That's a month. That's like almost two months from now. Uh, Last weekend of March, right? Yeah. Last weekend of March, Grand Rapids meetup. Did you see the straw hats that they're giving away that night on the Saturday? No. Wait, we're going to be there for the straw hockey boy? Yes. Oh, hell yeah. It's margarita night. Oh, Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Dude, the straw hats are legit. I will show you them. You know, like the the classic... How do I get uh, Cider to sign one of these? Surf style like round yeah, yeah, rim yeah. hats they're those let me see if i can find them okay I'll hold that thought the straw hats or sorry the straw hats more outsider is not going to be there more outsider is going to be finishing up his nine game audition in detroit and then for the last game of the season he's going to be back in grand rapids when we're in detroit we talked about this i was like we're gonna pass him on the highway yeah. as he's going the other way we're gonna miss him oh evan uh i owe you an apology mm-hmm, okay because the last episode you were here Oh, okay. I had you channeled to the wrong mic. And so that whole episode, you didn't pick up. Seemed it, like people really enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, it sounds like you guys finally gave Evan that couch from across the room. <laughs> yeah, have, we'll go with that. Did you guys see the purple jerseys first that they're wearing on the Friday night? Yeah. I have not. I've. It's going to be a bunch of grimaces out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's sweet, though. I'm here for the chaos. Isn't like Friday like cheap drink night? Yeah, $2 hot dogs, $2 beers. Oh, buddy. Look. look. Oh, that's amazing. Ryan, you're already making me regret bringing my kids for this. Yes, but now you'll get like six hats. This is fair, but I can't get like obnoxious drunk. I just have to get like responsible dad drunk. Crystal's there. How old is Mika? Mika must be old enough to drink by now. She's getting close. How old is she? Four? She'll be four in a few months. What's the drinking age in Grand Rapids? Oh, it's America. Oh, 35? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even know if I can drink there yet. Back to the Rangers game. Yeah, first game was ugly. Um, Jimmy Howard got hung out to dry, and I don't even think he played particularly great, but it was just so bad that you're like, yeah, well, no goalie's winning in this. The next game, uh, Jonathan Bernie was back, which was great news. Uh, he held the Rangers to one goal on, I think, 31 shots against him or something like that, 31, 32 so, shots. all in all, a phenomenal night. Yeah. Uh, the Red Wings did not put a single puck in the net. Yeah, so he still got the regulation L. Allergic to scoring. Larkin on a clear deke, put it right into Lungfist's uh, outstretched leg. Can we talk about the pass that gave Larkin that Oof. play? Oof. Because Zadina, I don't know if he picked off a pass or stole the puck, but the Rangers had the puck and were almost out of the zone. Zadina gets the puck like a foot inside the blue line and just fires this immediate backhand spinorama pass through like three Rangers that had absolutely no business getting through. But it did, and it landed right on Larkin's tape. Spin, spinorama passes are hot this yeah, year. They are. They are hot. Speaking of hot, so hot right now. Larkin probably just looked in Henrik's eyes, and that's why he made the stop. He got mesmerized oh, for that beautiful. split second. He's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, I'm like that guy is such a prototypical like king of New York. What you would expect him to look like? Like he lives downtown Manhattan. He's in a. He's like a a, a model. Yeah. He's like one of the best goalies of his generation. Plays guitar. Plays in a band with John McEnroe. Like just unfair. What it is. Cool You're only supposed to have one of those things, I not know. five. Yeah. It, 
it's a fact of life that every everybody named Henrik is ridiculously good looking. This is why I gave it to my son because I'm hoping the universe doesn't screw him on that one. If he looks like Henrik Lundqvist, we're going to keep the podcast going just long enough until he's old enough to be recognized in the world just so we can say we're associated. Yeah. But he's your son. And so, you know, no just one's don't let him talk. Stacked against yeah. Him. Don't let him talk. Crystal's beautiful, man, but I, I'm not sure that she can overcome you to the point. Oh, by the way, I forgot to tell you guys the hilarious dad update that uh, everybody on this. Uh, Their baby? No, no, no. That. Fuck, don't you dare put that <laughs> on me. Um, Henrik started his like baby babble talking. He doesn't shut up. Oh no. Oh god. He does oh, not no. stop. Oh, we got out just in time. <laughs> I got it. Remind me, I'll show you a video, 30 second video on my phone. He is loud. Poor Crystal's like, I'm never speaking again. Poor Crystal. We've got podcast depth now. Oh <laughs> <laughs> there's there's a reality right now in which in no less than two years, I will speak the third most in my own house. Cool. Uh, I'll come over in the evenings, <laughs> right when the kids are going to bed, and say bye bye. Yeah. See you later. Yeah, this is this is getting to be scary fast. We overcame you speaking as much as you do because it um, was useful to us. It it contributes to something that we do and earns us uh, listens and, and followership. And you're good at it. If you did this without a mic in front of you, I don't know. Would we beat them up or just leave? I think we would just beat the hell out of him after Probably a while. Both. Yeah, we'd bully you. I offered to fight you last time. You didn't. I, I don't want to fight you. You worked at a gym. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> uh, okay, so the Red Wings lost both games in regulation. So they are, I don't know if we, do we still want to do the lottery division updates? For those of you who are soccer fans. Doesn't matter. Um, for those of you who are soccer fans, uh, you'll know that Liverpool is the most clear of first place in the English Premier League than any other team has been at this point. They're a lock to win the league, fingers crossed. Um, they still, like, I'm more confident that Detroit's going to finish last than Liverpool are going to finish first. Where's the inverse of them? Did, yeah. LA, did LA get any points last night? Who? LA? Los Angeles? Uh, no, no. Oh, okay, so we're still lost. only 15 points behind 30th? My buddy was at the Montreal game the other day, and so I was looking. I was looking up their team record. I was like, they have double the points of us, and their fans are melting down with and, how bad they are. And my buddy was like, we've lost eight in a row twice. Yeah, how many? And they're double our points. That that put it in perspective. Detroit. It's a, kind of miraculous that Detroit only has one ten losing uh, ten game losing streak this year. Although it might be more than that, I'm not sure. Um, oh, what is that a road record? We are fifth, four four twenty and two on the road. <laughs> nice. The Red Wings are fifteen points behind LA right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are second last. The Red Wings literally could go on a seven game winning streak, and it's not mathematically possible for them to catch thirtieth. Think about that. For us to make the playoffs, <laughs> we would. We are. It's almost statistically We're thirty-three points behind sixteenth. Well, someone did the math. If Detroit won every single game they have left this season, I think the max they could finish at is like eighty-nine or ninety points right now, which will not make the playoffs. We're in the lottery bowl, no matter what. It might not be best odds, but no matter what, we are in the lottery bowl. I looked up a stat. The LA Kings, who are thirtieth in the league, have a negative thirty-six goal differential. The Detroit Red Wings, who are 31st in the league, have a negative 44 goal differential in the second period alone. 
Yes. In, in just the second period. It's uh they they're negative ninety three on the year. That is horrible. Uh, that is horrible. That's a that's an atrocious season. That is three goals off from being double the next worst goal differential. There's beer league teams who don't even get close to that in a season. They are more than double the. Oh, no, they're not. 48. Negative 48 is New Jersey. New Jersey, what are you doing, man? Uh, they got a Wait, but don't night. worry. PK Subban's got a new vlog out. Yeah, I think you should focus more on training. So, uh, I oh, we're not having that, are we? Oh, I'm kidding. No, no, no. I'm, I'm okay. Saying, I was going to say, I couldn't tell if that was sarcasm or not. Um, the, the wild card. Don't situ- worry. He's got a vlog on that too. <laughs> <laughs> the wild card situation in the East is actually pretty interesting. Cause like a couple of days ago, Toronto was three spots out and now they're back in the divisional seed, but, uh, Florida has a couple games in hand on them and they're only two points back. Um, Columbus and Philly hold the two wild card spots, but Carolina is right there. Montreal is not too far behind. There's a realistic scenario here where Toronto misses the playoffs. Oh, yeah. It's going to come down to divisional wins. Yeah. And I was I, looking at it yesterday talking to my, my buddy who's a Montreal fan. I was like, it's like a five-dog race for the last few spots. And it it's tight. It is absolutely insane. And the, the disparity between the divisions is kind of nuts. Like, if you're – Toronto's going to have 63 points and – like, has 63 points right now, which would be good for second in the central – second in the Pacific, um, and they're third in the Atlantic, and it would be fifth or sixth in the Metro. Like, the the disparity between conferences and between divisions is putting certain teams so far at a disadvantage just because of how, how it balances out. And I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. I think it happens from year to year, and I'm not a huge fan of, like, best 16 across the league or anything like that, but I do miss the days of top eight in the conference. They need to go back to that so desperately. I understand why they did this format because, it, in theory, it's going to create rivalries in the playoffs, and that hasn't happened. And what it should do is create viewership in each conference or yeah. division equally, yeah. in theory. All it's really done is piss off Toronto fans and give them PTSD about Boston. Oh, so this is this this has worked. It's been yeah. a great success. It's been a huge success. Yeah. The Toronto Boston rivalry probably would have happened anyway, but that's the one that really got amplified because of this system. But that being said, I will at this point, I will one hundred percent be on board with this system forever if it means we get Edmonton Calgary in the first round. Oh, that's all that we need in the world. I very much dislike the two versus three. If it gets first round Edmonton series. versus Calgary, I'm okay with it. Yeah, because I don't know if Edmonton would win their first round if they were to meet Calgary later. But I, I just hate it. I, yeah, I really like Boston taking the souls of Leaf fans year after year. That is awesome. But I would way rather it happen second round, mm-hmm. maybe the third round. And then it, it becomes bigger than just, oh, Toronto Boston again. Here we go. Yeah. I like best on. I like when the conference finals are very clearly best on best. Or if you reach the conference finals, it isn't because you had an easy path through the bracket. It's because you pulled off some upsets. In which case, in my mind, you do deserve to be there. There's been some times since this new format's come out where a team has made the conference finals, and I'm like, eh, like yeah, yeah, sure, but you just Carolina last year. It's you don't want to take away from it because I think the the NHL playoffs are the ultimate test in sports. Like to win sixteen games is the biggest grind. I don't think you're going to find it anywhere else. I know the the, the Super Bowls today, and you're not 
that's not going to be sure that's the biggest sporting event but i don't think it's as big of a a physical grind or a rewarding experience like the stanley cup playoffs are but i don't really love these tweaks i'm i'm kind of at the point where it's like the streisand effect for me i don't want to give it any more attention just in case they change it to anything crazier one through eight with the final four being reseeded across conferences everybody no they'll never one plays four. yeah but just go to the nhl and go hey who's what's a big rivalry of two teams that are really good toronto and boston is actually a good example they're both really good this year there is a reality in reseeding the final four where you get toronto boston in the cup final yeah but it's for them could you have imagined in the 90s detroit colorado for the stanley cup I don't. I don't know how I feel about that. Two I think that teams from the cause, same conference. The only big disadvantage to it is, in theory, a team could get screwed. So again, we'll use the East Coast bias. We'll use Toronto. Let's say they finish first in the entire NHL, so they play fourth, which I don't know, Vancouver. So they play Vancouver. That's a really shitty travel schedule for the conference final. But hey, you'd have to do that in the Cup final anyway. So who cares? But if in the other series, if it was like Boston versus San Jose and San Jose won, then Toronto gets back-to-back really shitty travel schedules. And that's not great. But to me, that's the only disadvantage of it. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I can see how that's a disadvantage from TV broadcasting perspective. Yeah. Well, no, because all cup final games, they do 8 p.m. regardless of where it is. I meant, like the conference finals oh yeah they i would imagine they would just do the same thing alternate days 8 p.m starts whatever yeah the travel would would suck and i can understand why teams would not want to do that especially at the most important rounds every round's important but the conference final is the last step before the finals and then the the travel can wear you down for sure and that's not the time of the year you really want that but it it very well can happen anyway and yeah, and the reward, the potential rewards in the cup final for that are too great to ignore. Cause like I said, you could end up with a Chicago, St. Louis, a Toronto, Boston, a Detroit, Colorado, a, uh, like you get a Pittsburgh, Washington. Yeah. Which would be a very real possibility this year in the finals with everything yeah. on the line. Those would be some of the greatest hockey series ever played in the history of the sport. It's too complicated. So I don't think the NHL would do it. Although the playoff form right, right now is more complicated than it ever has to have been yeah the um, shell loves to make things needlessly complicated and it's just not as exciting i would love to just go back to the one to eight uh one eight were the dates but i think we're also looking at it from the perspective of like hardcore hockey fans like i loved when like at one point we could be playing columbus or at another point we're playing dallas or oh wow like now we have a, a rivalry uh series against chicago but then again, like if you're a, a new fan of a team or like a kind of a passive fan and you're a fan of like, let's just use the Red Wings, for example, back when they were in the West, you're not really going to care that they're playing Dallas. Like, you know, what do you know about Dallas? Like, I'm still down to do one to eight and then the top two or three teams from each conference pick who they play in the first I round. love yeah. I They'll never make it. Ha- it will never happen that way. But I love the idea of a team picking a and they have to send their captain up to announce who they play oh yeah except boston sends brad marchand and he says we're playing toronto and you do and they do like the ufc like uh nose to nose pictures brad marchand is six feet away from his opponent (laughs) if you want if you want to go like all in on this just go full wwe we don't make the picking public nobody knows 
who everybody picked. It's behind closed doors. You keep everything super top secret. The, the first place Boston Bruins are starting the playoffs off at home. Nobody knows the opponent. Cameras aren't allowed till the game starts. Dim the lights. Lights on. Boom. Out come the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> that would be way too good. And it would absolutely <laughs> never happen. It, it, they also want to do the pre-marketing. But I'm sure you could twist the mystery team as a marketing oh, thing as well. You absolutely could. Oh, who did the Bruins pick? Did they pick the Leafs? Did they pick X, Y, and Z? And then it's like the biggest kept secret. Everybody's dying to get a scoop. There's rumors of this team, rumors of that team. Everybody's shuttled into the arena in a tunnel. And then all of a sudden, just, yeah, as soon as the game starts, lights dim, and the team comes out, I would pay triple ticket it's price way just too much, to watch it's that It's way moment. too much fun, so they'll never do it. <laughs> How would you even... People would be like, oh, yeah, the Leafs plane just flew into Boston. No, people <laughs> would absolutely ruin it. I know how this works, but that's like an... That's not an NHL idea. That's an XHL idea. 100%. years. Yeah. Like Vince on the phone right now. I know people would ruin this. The diggers would ruin this. Yada, yada, yada. I would literally turn social media off until the game. I would not let it spoiled for me. Oh, that's a Patreon exclusive episode idea. What are some XHL rules that we would come up with? I I think that we could have a lot of fun. Ditch offsides. Ditch offside. Get rid of all the lines. (laughs) Yeah, no lines. No lights in the arena. Yeah. Glow in the dark, everything. This is getting ridiculous. Um, Backwards day, everybody has to use the opposite hand sticks. It's getting too extreme, you mean. If you're. <laughs> if we you could make some the, money if we just start this league ourselves. Quick fire off questions for you. This just came top of mind. If you're the GM of the following teams, do you buy, sell, or stand pat at the deadline? Um, Buffalo. So. Oh, we have to talk about Buffalo in a second. Um, they probably sell. Uh, the Rangers. Um, they're fifty-four points, two games in hand on. Um, uh, actually, sorry, no, no, fifty-four points. They're essentially eight, eight. They're selling points back if they want to. Dan Pat. They uh, are in a good spot, really good spot for the upcoming seasons. Most of their teams young. Uh, Mika Zibanejad might have just ruined the Rangers' uh, trade deadline plans by kneeing Chris Kreider in the head. Yeah, bad. Said he was the prognosis was a lot better than first expected. Oh man, he my head hurt after watching that. But after Kreider, they don't have a whole lot, and the rumors are they want to keep Kreider. Kreider wants to stay. So assuming that extension happens, yeah, it'd be a stamp pad for me. Montreal, that's a tough one. What did they have to sell? Kovalchuk, they're going for a second. You remember when no team would sign him? Yeah, yeah I remember that. Um, Tatar, they can sell. He's got a year left. And but, a- uh, but if a team completely devoid of skill, are you going to get rid of your skill players? It's Montreal, man. Doesn't, yeah, make, they- doesn't have to make any sense. Yeah, Bergevin right. will just be in the gym one day, getting that last pump on. Man, I'm, Something will happen. I'm of the mindset, like, it's it's way too early and it won't happen yet, but I think Montreal's going to need to blow it up sooner than later. They just, they don't have a core that can compete. They just don't. And I, yeah, I you Montreal have Shea Weber be. and Carey Price, and that's a hell of a start. Uh, from a skill perspective, they might have one of the worst forward groups in the NHL. Montreal should have uh, blown it up three years ago. They're one of these teams, like Detroit did five years back, where yeah. they entered this, like, passive rebuild, like the rebuild on the fly, and it's just not, like... Well, they've made a, a few good moves. Uh, 
Yeah. Nick Suzuki's been a pleasant addition to their team. Yeah. Getting and Max Domi's been an excellent move. Gallagher's become more of a leader on that team than I think most people expected. They They're not in like real- an awful place like we were where we just... No, they have potential. We're keeping, trying to keep the wheels on the wagon. Yeah, that's true. But, but the Nick Suzuki's the perfect example. That was when they traded one of their biggest pieces, their captain, their leading scorer, and they got a fantastic player and more assets out of it. It's And Tatar. So that trade's worked out in spades for them when they actually decided to, you know, get younger. I'm so proud of Tatar. I think he's on pace for over 70 points. Jesus. Yeah, he's like... That team is saying something, too. He's having a hell of a year. Um, Yeah, Montreal's a really tough one. I think we always lose sight of how tough it is to run a Montreal team because Toronto obviously takes that spotlight, but... So shame they can't get Gerard Gallant as a coach. That, if only he spoke French. <laughs> Montreal's 6-4-0. and and uh, in their last 10, and their fans are pissed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Red Wings fans are just deceased. <laughs> yeah. um, what about Chicago? They are one point out of a playoff spot with two games in hand, and they can pass Arizona for the last wildcard spot. They were not supposed to be this good this season. Stan Pat, enjoy the ride. They don't have any huge assets that they're missing out on not moving. Mm. Um if it happens, if it happens, if it doesn't, whatever. They've got they've got a good system. They've got a good a lot of good young pieces. They're not in desperate need of more picks and prospects. Yeah, just go for it and see what happens. Yeah, they've had pleasant surprises in Doc this year and that Kublik or whatever is yeah, unreal Kublik. out of nowhere. So I think it all really depends what they do with um, Robin Leonard. If they think they can lock him down for a long term, which they absolutely should push to do, then yeah. Maybe they they if they know they're going to get that done, then they can either go for it or if I were them, I'd probably just stand pat this year. Let a couple. I don't know what their contract situation is like, but if some are coming off the books, that'll let them go big game hunting when they need to. Nashville, blow it up. Do you think it's over? Oh yeah. I don't know. I tend to lean towards sell again immediately. Nobody. I, they, they don't have any good pieces, rental pieces that teams would be looking for. Um, nobody's going to take Turris. Nobody's no, no. touching Johansson's. No one should take Turris, but someone will take Turris. Yeah. And here's the thing, though, with Nashville, their biggest problem is they're running into LA, LA's situation soon where they've got Roman Yossi locked up now for infinity dollars for infinity, infinity time. Ryan Ellis is long term. Ryan Johansson is long term. Like they're, they're not getting, not that these are bad players, but. They're not getting out from under these big contracts, and Duchesne's there forever too. So their core is their core for the next five years at least. So I, I wouldn't blow it up yet with Nashville, not because they shouldn't, but almost because much like LA a couple of years ago, they can't. If there's anyone who can help right the ship a little bit, it's David Poyle. So the winningest uh, general manager of all time. That's what happens when you GM for fifty years. None of those wins are in a Stanley Cup. Uh, final game they took a couple games from pittsburgh or sorry none of those wins are from like a sta- a game in which they won the stanley cup oh, okay i was gonna say they uh, have a, a they definitely didn't get swept by pittsburgh am i misremembering they're something? in this weird spot where they're damned if they do damned if they don't i think if they buy i don't know what they really even have left well, in they, terms of assets they have ellis fabro yossi at home on defense. Well, Ellis hasn't played since Corey Perry. Corey Perryed him. Yeah, which of course Corey Perry is already back and then not suspended again. Um, but you're right. They're like their forward 
you know, Victor Arvidsson's a, a vastly underrated player. Nick, He's had an awful year, I think. Has he? I think I so. I have not been paying attention. Uh, Nick Benino does okay for himself. Scored a really nice goal uh, against Nashville the other night. <laughs> you look at their roster and there's no excuses. Well, there's a lot of players who are having bad years, and Kyle Turris is, may as well just dress up as a ghost permanently. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Roman Yossi leads this team in points by double digits. That is not good. Well, he's got like, what, 50? He had more than a point per game through 50. Yeah. And the, here's a crazy thing that doesn't make any sense to me about Nashville, and this might be just a testament to how good a couple of their players are. Their forwards, I look at their forward group by and large this year, and my immediate reaction is, yeah, they're underperforming. Nashville's a top 10 scoring team in the league this year. I think Pecorini's had a tough Oh, their goaltending has been abysmal this year. Which is Both usually, of them are below 900, save percentage. That's usually their, like last year, Pecorini was unreal. Like the, Nashville, to me, is one of these teams, don't overthink it. Your goalies suck this year, but your team is actually still not as bad as you think it is. Because they've been missing Ryan Ellis for an extended period of time due to injury. Their forwards, like I said, if you look at each player individually, you could argue a lot of them underperforming. They're still a top 10 scoring league. Once Ryan Ellis comes back, their top four defense is still among the best in the league. So what do they do? What do you do when your goalies are are bad? And your team is, in theory, good. I think you hold out for another year, maybe two. If you have a chance to buy low on a, a player who can contribute offensively or do what um, they thought about doing before, which is deal one of your premier defensive pieces for a genuine premier young uh, top line forward, you do that. And if you can't bring that together within the next year or two, then you blow it up. Counterpoint, they don't have enough depth at defense anymore to... Yeah, they got to score goals, though. But And they are. They got to stop. They goals. are scoring goals. They're they're yeah, letting yeah. too many in. <laughs> so they're, they're... This is the anti... They are the anti-Nashville right now. Okay, but a goalie like like that. Like, goalies they, can flip on like they that. They pulled yeah. off the mask and they were San Jose. No, oh, okay. <laughs> this, is, this is the year type of year... That absolutely ruins teams because, again, objectively, they're fine. They just can't get a save. Remember when the Islanders went from the worst goals against in the league to the best? I'm not saying that's going to happen to Nashville, but goalies are voodoo. We've repeated that on this podcast infinity times. Maybe UC Soros kicks off. Maybe you trade Pekka Rene in the offseason. Maybe you trade UC Soros in the offseason to a team like Detroit who needs a goalie and they need a reclamation project. And you bring in a... I don't know, a Robin Leonard, a Corey Crawford, a Jonathan Bernier, uh, an insurance goalie. I don't know who it would be. You could pick infinity guys. Maybe they're the ones who trade for Georgiev out of the Rangers. I don't know. But don't blow the team up because your goalies can't stop a beach ball. And you never know if they if they make the playoffs, Pekarene could just be, come back out of nowhere and then they're in the finals. All the uh, guys over the years who, like the advanced stats guys who have been look, pointing to Pekka and going, he's not that good this year, are just going, you see? Do you see? He's yeah. getting older. Wow. That, I'm that's sorry. a real shocker. What do you put up like that many years of making all your underlying numbers look stupid? You get to have a bad year. Pecorine should have started being bad five years ago. But yeah. he scored a goal, so it all it's all irrelevant. And you know full well he's going to have another unreal season before he hangs him up. At least one. Oh, yeah. Like, look at what happened with Dwayne Rollison. He left the league and came back and led Edmonton to a cup, like pretty much a cup final. Uh, he did lead him to a cup final. These goalies are even uh, the analytics community is just now starting to figure out how to 
um, analyzed goalies. They stay away from them. If you look at like team rankings and like uh, wins above replacement and uh, goal value above replacement, all that stuff, a lot of them stay away from goalies because they're like, I don't know how to do this. Goalies are the most psychotic. They're lunatics. They eat pucks. I don't even – they could – Put the wrong shoe on first, and then they're going to get blown out that game. We're never going to have a goalie on this pot, like as a in this room, because I'm afraid they'll break all my shit. You want to hear my completely outside of the box insane trade that actually, when you break it down to the bones of it, could make some sense for both teams? Mm. Some sort of trade that involves Kyle Turris for Jonathan Quick. Awful contract for awful contract. Why would that work for Nashville? I don't know, but <laughs> here we know. are. We're getting crazy. We're getting weird. I said outside of the box, batshit crazy. Here we are because, I don't know, they send Soros back the other way. LA sends like a, a decent forward to replace tourists and is of Soros's value. Hey, their goaltending so bad, maybe it couldn't hurt. <laughs> Sorry, they're sending Soros the other way? I don't know. Just something to make the goalies balance because you're trading a goalie for a forward. So you'd have three goalies in Nashville. Something would have to give. How's Jack Campbell doing? Why would they send another goalie? Because <laughs> the whole point of Turris for Quick was awful contract for awful Oh, contract. no, no. I was saying, like, why would they want? Yeah, anyways. Uh, I think LA is too hard about, into the rebuild. Oh, I hate doing the what, what, what about. I know I hate them, but they're fun when you go completely off the Henrik wall. Henrik Lundqvist for. They'll never deal. Anybody. No. They'll, they'll he, never deal. He, he, yeah, I know. Georgiev would be far more likely. Yeah. Um, so someone messaged me. It was actually very kind of them to let us know that uh, some social media uh, sites are shutting down, like shutting down meme accounts. He's like, just wanted to give you guys a heads up. And I was confused. I was like, oh, like, is there something we should be concerned about? I'm like, none of us really do memes. We don't do it from the main account. He's like, oh, I'm just saying for your like side accounts. I was like, side accounts. I was like, Oh, are you talking about like those winged wheel podcast trade rumor meme accounts? Yeah, no, we don't run those. Uh, we don't know who does that. <laughs> like Evan Lobb speaker, the, the trade rumor mill account, the meme account. We have virtually no control or idea who does that. Those just popped up. We love you guys. You guys are, um, definitely the insane fan base that we deserve and we can't control you for anything that it's worth, but we will cease and desist if need be. No, we won't. <laughs> With how? I don't know. We can barely meet here on time. How are we going to send a cease and desist? Plus, it's fun. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't. No. <laughs> uh, you know how much joy Evan Lobspeaker brings me? Especially when they put out the stat of like what your comparable is for the Red Wings in terms of time on ice. I think that's hysterical. Oh, I, didn't, I haven't even looked at that. Congratulations. You are the Justin Ablocator of this podcast. Oh, my God. Well, one of your most recent episodes, you were the Adam Ernie. And it's really you're putting a, a, a hard time on them when you don't show up to. Well, it's going to be interesting when I then now have comparables and I can talk about my salary on this podcast. <laughs> um, There's there, not nearly enough commas. <laughs> like any of us have enough commas. Um, you guys are getting commas? <laughs> I just have some pocket lint and some buttons. Uh, I've been, uh, we've been fee- paying ourselves in uh, kibble. Just like dog food. Yeah. Um, Evan, we're going to give you your own Patreon exclusive episode. However yeah. however long you can go, completely unfettered, uncensored, and that will mess with their stats quite a bit. <laughs> Evan Lobsinger's Do Monday those morning counters podcast. Or is it only- 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if they're a patron. All Today, right. Today, Evan is doing his best Bill Burr. Because there are... Oh, I would I would listen to that one. I'd never listen to our episodes, and I would listen to that one. We don't have uh, a lot of material today, so we decided to dive back into some draft rankings because um, it kicked up a lot of discussion. Should we do a tankathon first? Oh, yeah. Or, or we're doing a ranking or a mock? Uh, Rank. Ranking. And then we'll do it. We'll do a tankathon just for the fun of it because we like to do that on the we show. We're going to do two tankathons uh, a week until the draft, so that's roughly... We should be recording this, although I'm sure it'll work out 30, to be about 18 and 30, Oh, no, no. That'll be, that'll be almost 50-something tankathons. It's like 7,000 tankathons. Jesus Christ. All right, I'm going to sim it. Uh, I like the mock draft view. Sim it, and... Oh, my God. They never... They literally never win. LA, Ottawa, New York, and then Detroit. So Detroit's drafting fourth. Okay, cool. So uh, let's do our quick top tens and we'll have a little discussion. Let me pull up my professional list here that I definitely didn't mock up right before we started recording. How do we want to do this? All of us say our ones, all of us say our twos. Sure. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be a lot of agreements. I'm for- pretty sure until we get to, there'll be no disagreements until we get to number three. So, all right. Uh, first overall, Alexi Lafreniere. Alexi Lafreniere. Alexi Lafreniere. Second, Quentin, Quentin Byfield. Quentin Byfield. Quentin Byfield. Third. You're going first or am I going first? Tim Stutzla. Lucas Raymond. Um, God, you know what? Lucas stri- Raymond. Yeah. Ugh. That's a recent I, change for me. I feel like one, two, and then after that, it's going to be teams are just, it, it might descend into chaos. I, I After one, it might descend into chaos. Oh, I will yeah. definitely hear an argument for Stutzla, especially considering he may be able to play center, but the overall body of work for Lucas Raymond is still bigger for me, so I haven't seen enough evidence i guess is the right word from stutzla to flip them yet it appears no one plays defense in the german elite league except i've watched some highlights and it's just it just seems like people's skates are on the wrong feet and Eh. it's like my beer league uh i had raymond at three and i don't think i would ever be angry at a team taking raymond third overall that said i think the recent emergence of stutzla's continued dominance and the fact that he um could possibly be playing center um and this is a colored by the so far successful more outsider experience as well right like you see how much it show like it shows that uh cider gained some valuable experience playing in a professional league in germany and he's ready right now to make the jump like he's he'd easily be in the top four in this red wings roster right now on defenseman um, so for me, there's a lot of merit to playing in the German league and dominating against men. And I think that carries a lot of weight. So for a guy who can do that and then possibly play center and to have his toolkit. Yeah. I'd be happy with Stutzla at three. The uh, biggest reason I would draft Stutzla if we had the third pick is so that we could also draft JJ Paterka and Lucas Reichel, just so we could have the Krautline 2.0. Mm. Number four, Lucas Raymond, Tim Stutzla, Tim Stutzla. Try I'm I got marbles in my mouth right now. Ah, that's a good one. You have uh, <laughs> I pulled out coasters. The first thing people said when they saw the table, because uh, you had your glass of water on, it was like, "Get Evan a goddamn coaster." <laughs> <laughs> it's laminated. We're good. Um, yeah, I, Lucas Raymond, like you said, he has a larger body of work than Stutzla so far. Um, those are interchangeable. That's probably my closest two uh, in the rankings, although. Number five for me is making it close, and I would I would bet wager that by the time the draft rolls around, he's not here. But number five for me is Marco Rossi. Jamie Drysdale. That was going to be mine. Jamie, Jamie Drysdale. Drysdale. Yep. Rossi is scoring at a rate uh, similar to Alexi Lafreniere uh, in the OHL. 
So Alexi Lafreniere is obviously in the queue, but both in the CHL, um, he has an insane level of skill. And the biggest knock against him is that he's five foot nine. Um, we're going to do this every year until teams learn. And I think slowly they, hopefully they are learning. Although Cole Caulfield went we're at 15 last year, last draft. So yeah. maybe they're not, but, uh, with everything, uh, that the underlying numbers say about Marco Rossi and his on ice production are showing, um, he is poised to be that guy who outside of the very obvious top three or four could be the steal of the top half of this draft. So for me, Marco Rossi is number five and could very well be higher by its time. It's all said and done. All valid points, all very true, but countered with a very elite skating, very gifted with the puck and yet defensively responsible right-handed shooting defenseman. Those are at an all time premium and, like you look at Drysdale's skill set, I'm surprised uh, he's as low as five, but I can't, I can't put him ahead of Schutzler or Raymond at this point. Uh, I would not be surprised if a team picking third or fourth jumped for Drysdale. He's that good. And again, much like the Red Wings with Mort Sider last year, when it's a, a premium need in the NHL, that's hard to acquire. That is worth something as well. Um, so for me, skill set wise, Drysdale and Rossi are tied, but in this case, tie goes to the premium position. Isn't the premium position right now for Detroit, though, the number one Well, I'm one not center? looking at this from Detroit's perspective. I think this draft, the rank, the probable picks will change as soon as we know what the draft yeah. order is. Yeah. And also, I don't... Uh, how do I word this? Like, if you it's, look at Rossi, yeah. like he, he's small, but then he doesn't play small. No, he crashes the net. He's a strong yeah. five foot nine. What's the biggest knock you have against him that he's not like elite speed which you often find with small guys but he's still a good skater yeah but we have seen small skill guys who lack speed struggle to transition to the nhl so it does give you enough reason to pause for concern but he's not a bad skater he's still a good skater. no no he's, he's not like he's not bad yeah he's not a great skater which again leaves you pause for concern and as we're going to find out that's the main reason why someone else on my list fell as far as they did um i'm arguing with you guys about this but i'm also laughing because i think uh this is last time it's quinn hughes it's gonna be quinn hughes 2.0 like detroit doesn't get (laughs) drysdale and then drysdale becomes a franchise defenseman for another team and i go oh my god i was so wrong counterpoint philip zadina that's very true. Kotkaniemi got sent down to the NHL. Philip Zina has more points than him this year in less games. Um, okay, uh, number six for me, Jamie Drysdale. Marco Rossi. Alexander Holtz. Oh, yeah. Holtz over Rossi. Uh, yes. Tell us why. Um, he plays with Lucas Raymond, right? Yeah, they're the Terror Twins. Aren't they like very comparable in points? Yes. There you go. We're done. <laughs> Holtz was was rated as high as three previously. There's conversations for him at number two, depending on how far back you look. Um, that's the kind of thing I look for within these rankings where, yeah, as other guys emerge, they can make these jumps up, but it doesn't exactly take away from everything Holtz has accomplished. Um, I think the fact that he's a winger uh, hurts him a little bit in these rankings because of the fact that uh, there's some players who either are centermen or play driving wingers or our wingers who can potentially play center ahead of him. Um, but for the guy who's, who can score like he does, that's another player where a team who gets falls to seventh or eighth or sixth could be laughing when they get uh, Alex Holtz. There's going to be a lot of positional need because I feel like the measuring stick between five to 10 is very close. Maybe mm-hmm. six to 10 is very close. So I, as soon as we see what the order is, it could drastically change. 
Number seven, Alexander Holtz. Yaroslav Askarov. Yeah, there it is. Askarov is my one where it's like asterisk. He could be anywhere depending on who fall who's yeah. in this position. Yeah, yeah. We all if it's Florida. Well, it won't be Florida, but if it was Florida, for example, they are not taking him. Can you imagine they do? <laughs> Almost everybody nailed where Spencer Knight was going in the draft last year, just yeah. because of where Florida landed. Yeah. So I've got him in my top ten, but he's basically the floater pick. Yeah, because for me, again, this is just a rankings, not a mock, yada, yada, yada. Uh, when I'm picking in the top 10, I'm looking for guys that can change my franchise. Now, the lower you get in the top 10, the less likely that is, right? Like, even I don't, I'm not convinced Marco Rossi will be a first line center. I think he'll slot in, in all likelihood, as a really, really good second line center. Askarov's a guy that can change your franchise, especially with a goalie, but with a goalie comes a far greater risk. Because they're a lot harder to project. Um, people are bigger on Askarov this year than they were on Spencer Knight last year. And Spencer Knight is having a fantastic year in the NCAA this year. So he's not... Stop going. holding your Siri button. I wasn't holding it. My hand was holding it like that. She's trying to talk to you. It's weird. <laughs> um, if you No, the power button would have turned it off. Anyways. Um, but yeah, so... I I'm looking for a changer. If once I get past, like I'm in love with the top six of this draft. Once I get past that, my biggest next biggest swing would be for the goalie. Okay. Where I'm at for full disclosure, I have Askarov next on this list. I just can't imagine being able to draft from this crop of players where we've had nary a bad thing to say about any of them and then taking a goaltender. And that's not a knock on goalies, but, the amount it's like uh we don't want to give goalies 10 million dollar contracts right we've seen time and time again that doesn't work carry price is hurting montreal but brofsky is likely going to be hurting florida etc cetera, etc cetera. so why dedicate so much draft stock like a top five or top six pick to a goaltender when you could have somebody who could contribute so many more or as many wins to your team with much more certainty because like you said like we always say players skaters are much more easy to predict than goaltenders is Askarov going to turn into the the next goalie of the next generation and absolutely dominate when multiple Vesnas just because I said that? Of course, it's going to be the Quinn Hughes 2.0. But I don't know if I'm in a team with multiple holes in my roster throughout and have a long rebuild ahead of me, like say, I don't know, the Detroit Red Wings. I know there's a big fan base for Askarov, but context considered, I just can't convince myself to take him higher than eight. You know? I, I can tell you, oh, I was going to say, okay, I can make a joke right now about where he's absolutely going to go just because the hilarity factor would be too strong. Do you know what team, what two teams really need a long-term goalie solution right now? Hmm. San Jose and Ottawa. Oh. If there's any team that can take a swing on a goalie in the top 10, it's a team with two top 10 picks. So Ottawa is absolutely going to take Askarov with San Jose's pick. Oh my God, Ottawa's going to end up with Lafreniere and Askarov. Oh, God. That's annoying. Uh, oh, I take Colt Perfetti. Oh, yeah, Perfetti, yeah. Uh, eighth, I have Askarov. Holtz. Rossi. Uh, ninth, I have Colt Perfetti. Um, int- yeah, you go ahead, Brad. I'm going to pull my list back up. Perfetti is an interesting prospect. Uh, I've seen people be really high on him because of his playmaking ability. Um, his He's had incredible production in the CH or in the OHL with Saginaw, but the fact is he's, uh, they call him small. He's 5'10, it's whatever, but he's an average skater. And that's usually a big red flag for this guy, might not translate into the show very well. And so people are, are a little bit low on him for that. So I've seen him spike and I've seen him drop. And I think the, the safe spot for him is nine. 
Anton Lundell. Yeah. Uh, wait, did I already pick out this one? No, this no. is ninth. Who did I say? I've already I've used the okay. You the last it. two are Perfetti and Rossi. Rossi. Yeah, Rossi was at eight. Um, this I'm is, say Dawson Mercer. All right, and then would Ashcroft be your tenth? He's like my six to eleven. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I have Lundell uh, tenth here. Um. Again, this is another guy. I think Pronman had him as low as like 15 or 16. Um, he's had a lot of exposure. He's kind of when he, he kind of came about on people's radars around the same time that Holtz and Raymond did. Um, he hasn't had the luxury of staying as high on these rankings. Uh, people are pretty kind of all over the board on him. So he's, uh, he would be an interesting pick. And I think the fact that he plays center is really good. Um, I can't remember the, the quote on him. I think it must have been Pronman, but he was like, he, we don't know whether he's going to be a top line player or like a third line center. That's not a bad problem to have. No. Yeah. <laughs> Lundell's the easy to summarize why he's so divisive. You watch him. There's nothing special about his skill set. Almost nothing. It's not that he's poor skater, poor stick handler, poor shot. He's not. He's, he's good at all these things, but none of those things are elite. But he produces. His production's high everywhere he's ever played which leads you to believe that he's always in the right spot, always making the right place. So that's a very big, that's a very, very strong trait to have in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Who's your 10th? Perfetti. Um, There's got to be Askarov. You haven't said Askarov, so. He's my 6 to 11. Yeah. All right. Well. That's- Jake Sanderson. Sanderson. Yeah. That's uh, uh, Mackenzie had him like ninth, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then like every other rankings had him like 15 to 30. Yeah, it's really um, it's really fun at this time of the year to see it. Um, I think everything will become per- perhaps more clear once the, the draft rankings or draft uh, positioning has has been resolved. Look, Jake Sanderson's a defenseman, and he's ranked in the lighter half of the first round. And we already have scouts putting him in the top half. He's absolutely going to be this year's Moritz Sider or. Um, Soderstrom or anything like that where he just jumps to the top 10 it's going to happen defensemen have a premium in this draft for the same reasons that brad is talking about drysdale teams who need defense have a hard time finding top end defense it is what it is he's going to go up there i would actually put ten dollars down right now that jake sanderson goes top 10 anyone want to take me up on that no mm, i don't have ten dollars right now so uh <laughs> you won't have ten dollars by june Oh, I'll, we'll put it on layaway. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, all right. That is uh, all we're going to do for now in terms of the main topics. We'll jump over to overtime. Uh, we didn't even talk about the goalie fight. Oh, goalie well, fight in the Battle well, of Alberta. But we're running out of time to talk about the goalie fight. We, yeah, you know what? We haven't had a goalie fight since 2013. It was uh, Mike Smith versus Cam Talbot, which is funny because a year ago, they were on different teams? Yeah. The opposite teams? Flip teams. So this fight could happen either way. Yeah. Um, I love it. I love everything about it. Kudos to the Battle of Alberta for not dying out after the whole Cassian thing got, like, resolved. Kachuk going after Ethan Bear, uh, the goalies fighting. like David and Giordano oh. basically said this is not over. Yeah, okay. Can we clear something up? Why is everybody so quick to dismiss giordano not being a dirty player even though he's now got like multiple histories of doing exactly this because he's because he's a good because he's really good at hockey and by all accounts off face a pretty good guy you know who else was a uh, pretty good at hockey and 
off the ice, like a pretty good guy, and everybody loved, even though he was dirty as shit. This is Shane Doan all over again. Scott Niedermeyer, Chris Brad Pronger. Marchand seems like a decent guy off the ice. I don't know, man. The way he yells at people on Twitter, that could go either way. I love that. <laughs> oh, no, I'm here for it. I'm absolutely here for it. But yeah, I don't know why we are all so quick to dismiss, because people were trying to make excuses for Giordano blowing up McDavid's knee as if... People, I actually saw professional hockey analysts will saying, well, yeah, Giordano made a bad read, which happens. It happens to every defenseman, every game. And he got caught in no man's land and he was, he had two choices. Let McDavid go by him or stick out a hip or a knee. What else was he going to do? Here's what you do. You let him go by because you don't make, if your only option is to injure him. Trip him with your stick. Yeah. If your only option is to injure the player. That's the wrong option 100% of the time, even if it means the guy's getting a breakaway. I don't care. It's Obviously, it's Calgary and Edmonton. Captain on captain. I get it. You're heated there. You want to flip him if you can, and you absolutely can. But your proper solution here is don't put yourself in a bad spot when the fastest human being on earth is coming at you. It's just it's It's not – it's insanity to me that we've had this whole argument about how Player safety is a joke and we're not doing enough to protect players. And yet people will justify this because he's a good guy. It's gross. I just think this is, this happens all the time. If you're not going to get the puck and you can't take them a hundred percent, you take as much percentage as you can. And it just so happened to be that that was the knee. The knee's bad. The Connor McDavid hurt. And we, it happens all the time. Players take or defensemen take a piece of the guy and they get a penalty for it. Or, and they, it's, Pretty much knee on knee contact or hip to knee or whatever. This happens all the time, but of course it happens to McDavid. Right yeah. after the documentary about his knee airs. And of course, of course, TSN ran this two part special uh, on like how rough it is for referees and everybody needs to take it easy on, which is absolutely true. Absolutely 100% true. Being a ref that, is the most yeah. thankless job of all time and then the next night though giordano throws that knee and there's no call on it it's like come on man we were trying to get on your side there should have been some sort of interference call but i feel like it we were getting sensationalistic because of who is involved yeah no no you're not wrong there and i would be having this conversation if it's ryan reeves i'm not gonna be on the ice because he only only plays five minutes a game (laughs) and he would have killed giordano with his hands yes i'm not saying it should have even been a suspension i my whole argument is how the hell are we justifying this as not a dirty play Uh, there's minor dirty plays that happen all the time that are nowhere near suspension worthy it happens it's fine it's hockey but jesus you don't sit there and make excuses for him if you'd be like yeah that wasn't great let's hope he doesn't do it again and you move on instead of saying oh what else was he supposed to do it's i i don't care i don't again shane doan scott niedermeyer chris pronger all of these guys were celebrated celebrated even Corey perry when he doesn't do anything like completely overt and it was at the top of his game was celebrated but they get away with this stuff because they're good. Everybody, most p- players get away with it. There's so much dirty stuff that happens throughout the game. It may not be focused on in terms of like it, it could be just in front of the net or in the corners. This one is obviously magnified because it's a play where it's two players involved and one has the puck and one's McDavid. Um, st- stuff like this happens all game, every game. And it just it, the the circumstances made it bigger than what it usually would be well the circumstances and the act itself because again i'm with you dirty stuff happens all the time like i can't count how many times i've been 
in the corners in front of the net and a guy grinds his stick down my lower back. It's the most annoying thing in the world. It's dirty as hell. It happens. That's grinding in the corner. Yeah, right? Big club guy. <laughs> <laughs> what else are you going to do? Um, but all, what, what am I, am I going to leave the game? Am I going to suffer a career ending injury for that? No, it hurts like hell, but I know as soon as it's over, I'm fine. Knee on knee, especially after a guy comes back from his, that, that could be a career ender. I don't know. Ask if it, Pavel Bure. I don't know if it's on the other player to be, read the injury report. Oh, it's not on him. It doesn't matter. That guy McDavid could come down with a healthy knee, and still that could he could still. I think Giordano would have done the same thing, regardless of who the player was. I agree with you, but and it still would be wrong, and it still would be. He should, he should have got a penalty. At the end of the day, yeah. I totally agree with that. All right, I'm going to move us over to overtime. Uh, we're going to start with our patrons, uh, Everett Johnson, sponsor. Um, Ken singing and uh, singing Ken and McBobbleheads back there, Evan. In case you haven't seen, I did see them. Yeah, bingo, bangle. Everett says, according to Hockey Central at noon, Shane Gostisbehere may be on the trade block. I can't imagine a scenario where this would evolve the Red Wings, but discuss anyways for my listening pleasure. Athanasiu for Gostisbehere, who says no. Philly, I'm pretty sure. Uh, two reclamation projects, highly skilled at their positions. Uh. I think Philly would be more likely to say no, yeah. Would you do Athens to and then add pieces to it? I don't know if I'd make that much of a gamble on it. Minor pieces, sure. Like if they wanted to like Chase Pearson as a fourth line, sure. But I wouldn't uh throw in anything significant on top of that. That's weird. I would I don't I would rather hold on to Athens to you. I feel like he can make a bigger impact than Gosses Bear will at this point. Like I I I don't know what I don't know what we have in either of those players anymore. I thought Athanasiu was going to emerge as a great second line player. I thought Gallus Bear would turn into like a great two three type defenseman. And what do we have? Just the the only reason I, I tend to lean okay, I might I might do it is because the left side of Detroit's defense, both short ter- short term and long term, is looking pretty thin right now. Gallus Bear. Um is signed for four and a half million through for the next three seasons after this one. That's that's very reasonable. And if you look at the Red Wings' needs on defense, it's essentially just warm bodies at this point. He's but do we have to give up Athanasiu to find warm bo- or that's true more warm bodies? Do you give up? Yeah, do you give up a guy who could potentially get you a first round pick for someone who's a a, a risk on defense when the whole defense is already kind of a wash? I don't know. I, I tend to do it. I. I haven't watched enough of Gosses Bear to know whether this is actually him or he can't yeah. be reclaimed. I won't pretend to know enough. His underlying numbers aren't brilliant, but at the same time, we've seen what he could do. And I'm not huge on giving up on players when they're still 26 years old. Gritty probably punched him in the back or something. Oh, I mean, that would give him a boost. Matt Cheney says, hey, boys, I just got back from spending 11 hours on campus. Only thing worse than this Red Wing season is my midterm season. That's all. Too tired to, th- to think of a question. Just thought I'd complain a bit. Your podcast always helped me decompress after a hard day at school. So I can't thank you enough. Cheers, fellas. Cheers, Matt. Good luck with midterms. Ryan Avina says, of all the wings that are likely to take, uh, of all the guys the wings are likely to take with their first round pick, who's going to be ready to step into the lineup opening night and hopefully play a full or near full season in Detroit next year? And who would stay in the juniors or end up in Grand Rapids? Sorry, was this for this upcoming draft or prospects we have? Uh, upcoming draft. Common theme of every draft. I think the only two guys that I would put money on sticking in the NHL next year are Lafreniere and Byfield. I would say Lafreniere definitely, Byfield probably. Probably I wouldn't be surprised to see him stay down. Byfield could be the Rasmussen situation because he is 
two physically dummying guys in the OHL already. So I, you can't send him back to the O, but you he can't go to the A. It's so bad. But yeah, I would still think Byfield would be fine in the NHL, even if he doesn't put up huge numbers next year. Those are the two obvious choices. Uh, thanks as always for the hockey talk gents. Thank you, Ryan. Wonderful name. Arjun Shanker, uh, says here's some fun facts that I learned. Ryan, please introduce each of the points by saying fun fact in a wacky voice. Fun fact. The Red Wings longest win streak, which they have accomplished once this season was three games between November 8th and November 12th. They had that many fun fact. The Red Wings have had four losing streaks of six or more games. On average for these streaks, they lose eight and a half games per streak. They are six, eight, eight with an asterisk because that's the current ongoing streak and 12 games long. Fun fact. I was wearing a Red Wings jersey and I was talking to an, a Colorado Avalanche player a few weeks ago who asked me if they had won and they had not, which he said, yeah, that's because they're freaking terrible. But he didn't say freaking. Logan uh, Gilly says, which of the veteran players ha- who have been unable to break into double digit points so far is most surprising to you? I like Rowan's answer to this, which was just yes. <laughs> um, Red Wings players who've yeah, broken into double digits who haven't. Oh, have not. Christ. I could. I feel like Luke Lendenning, like- Mike Green, Patrick Nemeth, Franz Nielsen, Trevor Daly, Danny DeKaiser, Ernie, Giovanni Smith, Abdul Kader, and Perlini, Biega, Lashoff, and Erickson are all the vets who have done it. That's a very long list. I'm going to say Mike Green because he's got a lot of power play time. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Green is a good answer. I'm kind of surprised about Nielsen. I thought just with his usage, he would, you know. Getting 10 points in the NHL should be just. A, like that's a given almost a crappy fourth liner finishes with 10 points Harun Khan says hey guys I know I shouldn't ask this but which player um, on this team just pisses you off like you look at them play and just want to pull your hair out oh yes we- yes <laughs> yeah yeah there here is the correct response yes uh how is it not abdicator everything he does on the ice is just cringeworthy and I like the guy and I hate the fact that I hate him so much oh my god Guess how many points Ryan Reeves has? How many? Ten. Ten. Oh yeah. Oh. He has six goals, four assists. Oh my. He's only a minus two. For me, it's Trevor Daly. I understand as you age, it's harder to be where you need to be on the ice, but it seems like fundamentals have just like fallen off a cliff. Starting last season, they just fell off a cliff, and all of a sudden, you see his decision making, and you're like, oh, okay. There's a lot of complicated things that go into the aging curve in the NHL for defensemen. Some guys are able to adapt, but you very clearly are. He he has not been able to keep up with the physical change in his game, and it just puts him out of position at all times. Where I'm just like, where where were you going there, and why? Like you're better. I've seen you play better than this, but I don't understand this decision making. Any veteran forwards with less than ten points are a disappointment, and I would almost say a disgrace. Uh, also, would it make sense to send Athanasiu Rasmussen and maybe a second rounder for Nugent Hopkins? Could shore up the 2C slot. Lastly, forget about winning 20 games this year. Do you think Detroit hits 15? Why would Edmonton do that? Uh, uh, I don't know. I don't I don't think Because Ken, Ken Holland. Okay. Well, we got to throw an Abdelkader or Glenn Denning then. I could see them actually wanting Darren Helm as a throw-in. Oh, yeah. If... I think Ken Holland is very liable to to trade for Glenn Denning or Helm this year if Edmonton's in a solid playoff spot. I I don't see Glenn Denning as being an untradeable asset. I, no, I think he's valuable. I he think there's a lot of points. But he's he's super athletic and he can eat a ton of minutes and 
Like should that. he eat a ton of mayonnaise? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he does, should he? Or, but he does, but should he? Have? He's not a defenseman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You th- spend so much time thinking about if we could. We never <laughs> thought about if we should. Um, I I don't think Edmonton would do that deal, um, and I think the Red Wings do hit fifteen wins. Austin Trotman says Montreal is apparently asking for a second for Kovalchuk. Which contender should make a trade for him at the deadline? No one. None of them. Not for a second. Not for a second. A lot of them should want him, but not for a second. Joseph Delia says, sup, my dudes. I asked my boss to trade me to a cup contender, and he said I have a better shot than Daly. Anyways, could Lafreniere be moved to center, keeping it short, just like caught Kanyemi's NHL stint? Thanks, my dudes. That's funny. Uh, could he? Yes. Should you? No. No, he's he's a play driver from the wing, and that's perfectly okay. Why Why is there such a fixation on moving wingers to their to a, be a centerman it's a wildly it more works. complicated position and he's 18 if if he's able to play in the nhl at 18 play him where he's played his basically his entire pro career or semi-pro or whatever junior career let's call it keep him on the wing uh, matthew woolley says double l's to the rangers this weekend are you guys taking the over or under for 40 points this season Oh God! What are they at? Left? Uh, twenty nine something. Twenty nine games left, and they need twelve more points to hit forty. I'll take the over. I'll take the over, but I'm shocked at how uncertain I am of that. That's exactly it. Forty points. What? How many points do we have right now? Twenty eight. Twenty eight. They need. They need six wins in twenty nine games, or like four wins and a couple overtime losses. Okay, I think they'll hit it, but I don't think it'll be particularly like uh, clear of that. I think oh. it's gonna- if we said 50 points, I'm picking the under, but I'm not sure. Okay, about here's 40. Here's the benchmark. The uh, well, here was it 16, 17 avalanche? 48 points was it? 49. God, I think I'm taking the under on that. I, I legitimately think they're gonna end up worse unless something changes in the season or we see that end of season teams stop caring because playoff spots are solidified. But the playoff race is so wide open in both conferences this year. I don't know. Detroit might get beat up on until the end. Connor Leighton says, fellas, not much to say. Uh, the podcast is what helps me through Monday and Friday mornings at work. Uh, thought, though, I think now the Super Bowl will be the most interesting thing since Adina scored two a couple weeks ago. Anyways, if you could add or subtract one contract year to a Red Wing, who and why? Let's go Wings, go Cats, and go Pack Go. Oh, man, I'm sorry to hear that you're a Packers fan. Um, I would remove a year from Franz Nielsen's contract. I would remove a year from Justin Advocator's contract. Both those answers are correct. What was the question? Sorry. If you could remove a contract year from any Red Wings. Yes. Um, <laughs> just your average Tej says, so are the Wings ever going to get a third jersey? I thought uh, with the Adidas deal, all teams were getting a third within re- the reasonable future. So what if you guys could... So if so, what would you guys want as a third? Stay fresh cheese bags. Hashtag, oh dear goodness, this season makes me want to cry so much. Hear me out. I want an octopus third jersey. Oh, and yeah. but don't don't mess it up and don't overcomplicate it. Just make it look mean as shit. Yeah. And make Ten- it good. Tentacles for sleeves. Yeah. yeah. We'll get all the weird anime people in the arena. It'll be great. Purple. Purple as a color in there for Al the Octopus. I don't even care what we do, just make it look mean as hell. Uh, octopus barber pole. <laughs> Around the barber pole. Um, barber poles are tentacles. Both of those answers. <laughs> Whatever. Both of those answers are completely correct. And if it's neither of those, I think the uh, the uh, Big House Winter Classic jerseys are among the best ever. Shay says, I was originally pissed when I found out that my work condensed the cable package that we have in the room, which now includes Fox Sports Detroit and ESPN. But I guess it's probably better for my coworkers if we don't watch the wings this year. Anyways, two quick ones for you this time. 
One favorite non-hockey athlete. Ooh, I'm a big Rafael Nadal fan. I don't want to talk about the Australian Open. Non-hockey athlete. I mean, I don't get too invested in other athletes. It's I just, Josh Allen for you, right? You don't shut right, up about him. Right now, it probably is. What was yeah. the question? Sir? No, no. Tredavious White. Okay. Yeah, it's Trey White and his goalie academy. Favorite non-hockey athlete? Tiger Woods. Oh, yeah. This is a joke? Yeah, we should have <laughs> known with you. Uh, number two, when you created the pod, did you realistically see it becoming what it is today? Mad props to you guys for driving it to this point, as I'm sure it can seem like a full-time job in its own right. Respect. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. God, no. Definitely not. We Holy hell no. We still deal with a lot of imposter syndrome where we're like, this is... We forget that people listen and engage with us. Like We know, obviously, but we never thought ever that we'd be able to say that we are the biggest Red Wings podcast on the air. Like, ever. We never thought we'd get to that point. We never thought we'd have, at a minimum, 5,000 of you listening to each episode and, and even more of you watching on YouTube. Like, I don't it, It's still surreal. We're still so, like, humbled by it. We're still so, like... It makes me want to puke when people ask me to sign things. yeah, yeah. Yeah, and when you guys meet Evan at the meetups, please ask him to sign all your stuff. I, I it's easily one of the least favorite things I like to do. <laughs> he hates it. No, uh, we never thought we'd be here. So who was thank you all? Who was it? One of my friends put it into perspective to me, and it made me kind of gag a little bit just because you don't. We're, we're speaking in an empty room, right? And you don't realize how many ears are at the other end of this microphone. He's like, so like he was looking. He's like, I was looking at your average listens per episode, and like that doesn't even count Spotify or YouTube. You would sell out like 15 of the 20 OHL arenas on a nightly basis. And I'm like, oh, God. I hate that. I hate that so much. I'm like, that is, those are some big arenas. He's like, yeah, you guys probably don't sell at Ottawa, London, or Kitchener, but the rest of them, you probably do. I'm like, oh. Uh, yeah, no, we never thought we'd be here, um, but it's given us the drive to only go up from here and uh we constantly want to be making this podcast better for you guys and and legitimately it's all because of you like this show is just as much yours as it is ours and yeah at times we do have to put an insane amount of hours into it and never for a second would we quit it like it is just it's so worth it and we're so lucky to be doing it yeah but with like it's not crazy to think if our Patreon keeps growing the way it does and we keep getting sponsors in and out the way we have, like that this could be a full-time job in like three to five years. If Better start getting uh, a couple more commas in the listenership. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but, but think about that. Imagine what we could do if we didn't have like 40 to 50 hours a week being tied up by this stupid job. Ugh, jobs. You know when you're an adult, you have to cook for yourself every day? Sun Life gave me over a million dollars for a project. They're nuts. They're nuts. Well, uh, I know I know a small business that could use a little boost. Uh, Anyhow, yeah. do th- does this project need talking heads? Nick says, "No, hey. that's my job." <laughs> <laughs> Nick says, "Hey, Dub Dub, uh, just a couple things really quick. Have you been following along with Scott Wheeler's prospect pool rankings? Of course, you have. The top ten starts tomorrow, and still no wings, so that's good. Yes, according to Scott, who we'll have back on soon, uh, Red Wings are at least a top 10 and by his definition they're a top 10 and that will not include philip zadina in the rankings which is significant because he's anybody who's currently in the nhl he is not counting towards the ranking uh, i've noticed that people seem to struggle when asked for a best case scenario nhl comparable for cider and i think i've got maybe a good one big smooth skating elite defender who can put up somewhere between 40 to 60 points if everything goes goes right it's seth jones right peak cider is slightly bigger jones I don't think he has the offensive creativity that Seth Jones does. 
Seth Jones does, I'm still sticking with Ryan Suter. If he has the offensive creativity and ability that Seth Jones does, this is a slam dunk out of the park hit. Like that is an insanely good yeah. draft pick. I, Ryan Suter would be an insanely good draft pick uh, for sixth overall. Yeah. So that's like a big minutes eating defensive first, but offensively capable defenseman. Yeah, it's, it's Suter. Um, enjoy the football game. We've got a month of hockey left in which to win a game or two before the zero win death march through March and April. What about like... Um Sorry, yeah. um, I was thinking. We said Cider's a big guy, smooth skater. Yeah, Jay Bomeister is a big guy and a very, very good skater. Cider has a mean streak. Bomeister never had. I hope he pans out better than Bomeister did. Bomeister got a cup, and so I'm I'm happy about happy for that for him. But yeah, Bomeister way back in the day was touted to be like a perennial Norris candidate throughout the end of his career, and that just fell off a cliff. Uh, we'll move on. Stay Fresh Cheese Bags of Fournier Company says, well, after this weekend's home-and-home home sweep at the hands of the red-hot juggernaut New York Rangers, let's ask the real tough questions. Chiefs or 49ers? Think or want? Because those are two different Think. answers. 49ers. Want. Chiefs. Evan. Uh, I'm there for the food and to see Shakira. Uh, Chiefs, and I want everyone to have fun. I actually don't mind both of these teams. Who wins Super Bowl MVP? It's going to be Mahomes. I just hope everybody has fun. Uh, It'll be, um, depending who wins, I'm going to say Mahomes or Mostert. Ooh, um, Mahomes or Nick Bosa. Um, Who wins a QB matchup, Mahomes or Garoppolo? I'll say Mahomes. Mahomes. Why does Mahomes sound like Kermit the Frog, and should Eiserman sign him to shore up the blue line? Existence is pain. Yeah, he'd be better. He'd be, I think, a fifth good fifth defensive for Detroit. He's an insane athlete. That guy. Tyreek, go long. Safe fresh cheese bags. A smoky cheddar pairs well with a Willamette Valley Pinot. Oh, good choice. Uh, Justin Klinsky, or Ryan's favorite bastard, says, "Answer my DM, you dummy." Yep, sorry. Um, we have some time for some Reddit questions. Dave Athor says, first to 200, woohoo. We have to find the joy in the small things. How can we otherwise in such a horrible season? First to 200. 200 what? Am I missing something? 200. Goals against? No, they don't have 200 quite. Oh, do they have 200 goals against? No, they said we're supposed to find joys in something. 200 what? Oh, uh, we're going to miss something stupid. So, Dave, please tell us what we're missing here. Jockstrap says, daily trade proposal. Uh, Eiserman says, hey, any GM, do you have a bag of pucks? I'll send daily. I may have to add to that. Fill the Gatorade machine for a season. Harsies said, should the Wings offer to take on Bufflin's contract? Bufflin in a first for daily and green. Isn't technically if he if he's out for the season, won't his contract not count against the cap? Yeah, he's a, that weird... It depends on how they qualify his grievance for his injury, right? Winnipeg's not doing anything with Bufflin until they know his intentions, whether or not he's going to play again because... Uh, they want they need him back but if he as soon as he says no i'm not coming back yeah then i think they're free of his cap hit so it won't matter because right now he's technically suspended without pay which isn't the same as like lt or like retirement or anything like that it's a complicated situation um sean c says should we be worried about chaloski is it is he the victim of circumstance or is he not panning out thanks for the outlet to our collective hockey malaise and stay fresh victim of circumstance he looks fine to me he doesn't look like an elite player we hoped he would be one day but he looks fine he'd be he'll be a serviceable middle pair defenseman and a second power play quarterback he's still young 
We know with some with most defensemen, they take time. It's a, with with a puck moving defenseman. It's hard to be a puck moving defenseman when the forwards in front of you are always in the wrong position. Al Al Robbins asks, uh, "How many wins or points is realistic?" So I think forty five. Oh, that was going to be my number. Yeah, I, I I will put it at forty seven. Um, Eric asks, "What's the deal with Perlini?" Um, he's a victim of circumstance and he's not as good as we hoped. Yes. It can be both. I think both of those things. I think on a good team, he might've had the space to do a little bit more, but not much more. I think we were hopeful on him and it just didn't turn out. Wonder if Edmonton would take a chance on him for any sort of pick. Yeah. He'd be a good trade filler. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, that's where he's at. All right, with that, we're going to wrap up uh, this week's episode. Everyone, enjoy the big game. Have fun. Eat a lot. Drink responsibly. All that good stuff. Uh, Tell a friend. You know a Red Wings fan or someone who likes hockey podcasts? Tell them about this show. That's how we grow through you guys. Uh, We'd like to thank all of our patrons. um, R&D Woodworking for making this gorgeous custom podcasting table. Everett Johnson for sponsoring so many giveaways. Arjun Shanker, Ryan's favorite bastard, Andrew Bohan, Scott Martin, Kayla Thompson, Mitchell Shankowski, Aaron Taylor, Jacob Turner, Matt McKay, Matthew M. Rice, Luke Johnson, Mike Reed, Ryan Lewis, Langabeer, Clayton Van Dyken, Caitlin Wood, Hassam Al-Kassem, Arjun Shanker, again, I always read his name twice, Charlie Elkins, Hannah Lee, Sean Levine, Connor Leighton, Danny Jr., Craig Kibble, Rob Thiel, Simon Anderson, John Evans, Kay Waz, and Stan Olson. I have an update on the top tier people. If you, I think if you go into Patron and you go under your tier, there'll be a way to link your Discord or Discord and Patron together. And anyone who's a name level sponsor has their own uh, channel. Do you have the bot? Yep. Nice. And so there is a like a, a like we'll call it a private channel that would be just for only the name level sponsors and us, and it makes your name yellow. Dope. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.